This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. Today's shiur will deal with minhagim of Rabbanu on tzitzit. We'll discuss specifically the gra. The in Maaseh Rav number Tezayin, it said the bracha of tzitzis was always the bracha lit atef. He did not make two brachas. He made one bracha on the talis gadol. Lisatef, and in the Talisqat, and he also made a bracha Lisatef. Actually, this is a discussion in the Shulchan Aruch. In Simen Ches, the Mechaber says that you make a bracha Lisatef Batsitzis. In Zivav, he says, even in the Talisqat, you can make a bracha Lisatef. The Ramah says, you make a bracha on Mitzvah Tzitzis, or in the Talisqat, that's the minig, and one should not deviate from that minig. The Gra followed the opinion of the Mechaber and made one bracha lis atef. But the Mishnabura explains that the reason you can make a bracha lis atef because that's the nusach bracha. Like the same way you make a bracha leishev basuka, so you make a bracha that, that was the text that was formulated. But since our talus cotton generally is not at the size that you can be misatev, even if you wear the shir the chazanish, it's not something you could call ituf. Therefore, you would make a bracha on misfet sitzis. And that's the minik of the Ramah. Now, when you say the gon always made a bracha misatev, if you just look in the Maserav, one would wonder, is that because he passed like the mechaber? And he said, it's true it's a talus cotton, but you can make a bracha lisate from the talus cotton. Or perhaps his talus cotton was so big that even though we call it a talus cotton, but maybe he wore that big a talus cotton that it could be considered ituf. The Mishnabura points out that if you would wear a, uh, a talus cotton with a shear of ituf, as mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, then for sure you can make a brach lisatev. So, perhaps the grub was such a big talus, even though it's a talus cotton. In general, though, one of the explanations that I heard from Rav Salavechik, it's printed in the Nefesh HaRav of Rav Tzvi Shechter, is that the Rav explained that there are really two different parshios in Chumash. The parsha in, Shm- in Shlach is You should put tzitzis on a baguette. But in in Kisaitse, when the mitzvah of tzitzis is in a sense repeated, it says Gedilim Taaselach Al Arba Kanfot Kususucha Asher Tchaseba. Now here it doesn't use the word baguette; it uses the word kusus. There's a distinction between the word beged and ksus. Beged is a garment. Ksus is not just a garment, it's a covering. And it's emphasized in the Pasuk, 
Gedilim tasalach alaba kanfoskususcha asher techasteba, that you cover yourself. So if you wish, you can explain that the pasuk in Dvarim is referring to a talis gadol, or at least a talis which has a shiur of ituf. And that's one parsha, that's a separate ki'ilu, a separate mitzvah of tzitzis of ituf. Whereas the parsha in Shlach might be on Beged, Yechayef and Tzitzis, that would be a talis cotton. That would really show why there should be two separate brachas, as if there are two separate kiyumim of one mitzvah called Tzitzis. The bracha, obviously, for talis cotton would be uh, the mitzvah, you can't say the because it's not a ksus, it's a beged. This will have other ramifications that we might get to a little later today. In number Tezvav of Maiserav, it also says that the Gra covered his head with a talis, but he didn't do what we call Atifas Yishma'elim. Now, to really understand this grah, you'd have to look carefully in the Bira grah, but we'll just re- relate to the way the minig of the grah is, and today the way I, you see different people have different minhagim. The idea of Atifas Yishma'elim is somehow how the Bedouins, or the Arabs, used to wear their cloak, as it were, and if we would imagine it, think about the situation, they were walking probably in desert, and the sand and the dust would get in their eyes. So they would cover their face as completely as possible with a, with this particular garment, in order that the sand shouldn't get into their mouth, to their nose, to their eyes. Is this the way that we would consider wearing garments today? Certainly in a civilized country where there's air conditioning or heat and you're in a building, would this be considered ksus, the way to cover yourself? So it's true that the custom of many, many people is to wrap themselves in the talis, put their face and close up ke'ilu, their face completely. I never understood that. Nobody would ever go that way. It's true you're completely covered, but that's not the way people cover themselves. Nobody's going to cover themselves and cover their face and their eyes and everything. You have to leave yourself some room to see. So, how do you really do Atifas Yishmaelim? I'm really at a quandary how exactly one should do Atifas Yishmaelim today. But what the Gras said is a little different. He said, we don't do Atifas Yishmaelim at all. All we do is we put on the talis, put the talis on your head. That's considered the halacha of wearing a talis. Now, of course, the Gemara mentions the Atifas, Atifa number of place, for, places. For example, the Gemara in Sukkah says, what's the age of Chinuch for talis, for tzitzis? And the Gemara says, Katan it seems that ituf is not just a nice idea. It seems to be that's almost the definition of what tzitzis are, atifa, atifa. And we would call atifa, atifa sishmeilim. But I guess the Gaon felt that today's time in society, of course the Gaon lived uh, in the late 18th century, 
But uh, still, the time and place where he was, he felt that Tifas Ishmaelim is not appropriate. And therefore, it's possible just to cover your head with your talis. And that's sufficient for the purpose of mitzvah's tzitzis. The other interesting custom, another interesting custom of the Gong was what type of beged he would wear. We all generally wear woolen tzitzis, and the Vilna Gon had a whole feeling about not wearing pishtan at all, which we won't go, go into. We'll just discuss what the minig of the Grides himself was. The, obviously, the beged of Atalis Godel was wool, and the tzitzis were wool. But he used to wear a cotton beged, semer gefen, for Atalis cotton. He put on wool tzitzis, but he wore Atalis cotton. Now, did he do this every day of his life? Some students might have testified that they saw him wear other things. But in the Masarav, it says clearly that he wore Tzemer Geffen. The question is, why did he do this? What was the point of wearing Tzemer Geffen? Did he feel you fulfill the same mitzvah, the Raisa, with Tzemer Geffen in Italis Cotton? Perhaps we should remember that this custom of the Vilna Gaon was predicated upon the fact that the Gaon wore talus all day. The Vilna Gaon wore talus and tefillin all day. So in order to fulfill the mitzvah daraisa of tzitzis, we have no problem. He wore talus gadol all day. In fact, one could even question why did he bother wearing a talus cotton if he wore a talus gadol all day. Perhaps he wanted to show the din of talus cotton as well. Perhaps he even might have thought that your only yotze with Semer and Semer Geffen might be the Rabbanan. All kinds of speculation can be raised about this point. The bottom line is that we have a tradition that the Vilnagon wore cotton tzitzis. This would raise a question that obviously we could not even discuss in terms of the Vilna Gaon. Would a person be able to wear a talus cotton of other material besides cotton, wool, or pishtin? The, uh, this discussion cannot be based on Masa Rav of the Vilna Gaon. And generally, I couldn't even discuss it about Masa Rav of more modern Gedolim. All I can say is that in terms of halacha, many gedolim have written about this particular question. If a person can really fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis, of a talus cotton, with what we would call synthetic begadim of uh, today, it's very common in Israel, they have the reshet, it's called um, polyester or whatever modern garment it is. And uh, Again, I said I can't go into the custom of the Rabbanim because I think almost every Rav that I saw wore woolen tzitzis, a woolen baguette, even for talus cotton, not like the Vilna Gaon. But today, it would be more of a halachic question than a minig question. And I would just refer you to the famous tshuva of Rav Moshe, where Rav Moshe said that a person does not fulfill any mitzvah at all 
with wearing a polyester garment. He felt that it was not woven, and the definition of halachic beget has to be woven, and therefore you're not yotze anything by wearing a polyester or a synthetic garment. Although there were many gedolim that disagreed with him, I would again refer you to the tshuva of the Tzitz where he allows a person to wear such a beged. But again, I cannot talk about minig rabbaseinu in this issue. I can only mention the fact that there is a halachic discussion about this at the present time. One of the questions that I had mentioned earlier, but today we'll discuss it in terms of tzitzis specifically, is at what point should one cover his head with the talis, and at what point can the talis remain on his shoulders? The Rav is quoted by Rav Shechter, and of course, any Talmud who was in the Minyan, where the Rav Davind in the years that I was uh, around Yeshiva, can testify that this is what he saw, that the Rav used to wear his talis over his head for specific parts of davening. For example, for Davar Shebekedusha, when there was when they said Kaddish, or they said Yud Gimamidos, they said Baruchu, so he said that you should, He not only did he say, but he used to wear his talis over his head. For Shmona Esrei, he certainly put his talis over his head because he said, he quoted the Pasuk and tell him, Tfila le'ani kiyatov. Kiyatov means that Tfila should be said ba'atifa. But specifically for Kriyashma, the Rav said that you, the Rav did not put on his talis over his head for Kriyashma. Now, the way Rav Shechter wrote it, and explained this in Nefesh Araf, is although generally Kriyashma requires, I'm, the, even though I'm sorry, Kriyashma is basically a Davasha Bekdusha, which would require Amida standing and Atifa, but the Pasuk says, in other words, a person can sit, a person can walk. Therefore, you don't require standing and you don't require atifa either. He also quoted a famous medrash that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I did not trouble you as far as Kriyashma to cover your head. And Rav Shechter says this was the custom of, the, of Reb Chaim, that he would put in a talis before Kaddish Baruch but then he would take off his talis at Kriyashma until he reached the Amida, Shmon And then he put it on. And the reason he didn't want it on his head for Kriyashma, according to the way Rav Shechter wrote, is because that would show a specific type of preparing for Kriyashma, and the halacha is that a person can read normally. And we saw, we, we demonstrate that HaKadosh Baruch did not tell us to change our position. The way I remember hearing it, and of course I defer to the judgment of Rav Shechter, 
But I vaguely remember that the Rav said the same idea, but added one more twist. In the Mishnah in Brachos, it says that Beishamai says a person should lie down at night when he says Kriyashma. Beishelel says Kore Kedarko, a person can read normally. Now Reb Tarfon laid down, and of course there were dire results, or almost dire results from this custom. And the Mishnah said that Rabbi Tarfon transgressed the words of Beishelel followed Beishamai. Now it's true that Beishamai said a person must lie down. But Beisilov didn't seem to say that a person must stand up. They said a person can do whatever he feels like. Kare Kedarko. The Rav explained that according to Beisilov, the point is Kare Kedarko doesn't mean you have your choice. It means you don't change the situation before Kriyashma. If before Kriyashma, just before Kriyashma, you were standing, continue standing. If you were seated, continue being seated. But don't change your position. Kare Kedarko. A person continues normally. Therefore, Rabbi Tarfon, who changed his position, actually went against Beis Hillel and did according to Beis Shammai. So the Rav said, since he did not have his talus on his head before Kriyashma, he did not change his position, did not put in his, his uh, talus just for Kriyashma. I remember this, and I'm pretty sure this is what I heard, because my Chavrusa, Harav Tzvi Fishman, Zichrona Levracha, asked the Rav more than once, why don't you just leave your talis on from the beginning of Baruchu, from Kaddish and Baruchu, till the end of the avening? Why do you insist upon taking it off after Baruchu, and then you're in a situation for Kriyashma where you don't want to change your situation? You change your situation after Baruchu. Why not just leave it on the whole time? Rav Shechter's explanation of Lohitrachti Alechem would then fit in. But I don't remember the Rav explaining that at that time. And I do remember that we asked him that question. Why do you have to keep, why did the Rav almost insist upon not wearing a talis on his head for Kriyashma? In Yeshiva Taratzion, one can notice that Rav Lichtenstein does not follow this particular custom of Rav Salavechik and puts his talis on from before Baruchu, before Kaddish, and he keeps his, the talis over his head for the entire davening, including Kriyashma. One of the interesting customs, again, that has really surfaced in the last few years is the custom of wearing tcheles. Now, obviously, this is not a custom. This is a din that the Torah said a person should have tcheles. But for many, many years, we didn't have tcheles. And although there's a halachic controversy if one fulfills the mitzvah without tcheles or not, we generally have paskin that without tcheles, you, you fulfill the mitzvah. But this did not stop people from trying to find Tcheles to fulfill the mitzvah of the Torah of Tcheles and Lavan. Of course, one could do much great research on this. I'd like just to mention three or four people who have been well-known in this area. 
the Radzina Rebbe was one of the first people that was really involved in this, and he found what he thought was Tcheles, and he called it Psil Tcheles. Legend has it that a person who was very upset by his decision wrote an article against him and said, it's not really Psil Tcheles, it should be called Psul Tcheles. Cute play on words, and you can see that the Radzina's Tcheles was accepted by Radzina Hasidim. Hardly anybody else accepted this custom. The chief rabbi of Israel, Harav Herzog, actually wrote a major work. He used it for one of the doctorates that he wrote about the dying of Tcheles, of purple in ancient Palestine, where he wrote the history and the, uh, understood the marine biology necessary in order to explain what Tcheles was, what Tcheles should be, etc., etc. In more modern times, young fellows have done a lot of research on this and have really developed a whole industry where they are convinced, and their arguments are quite convincing, that they have found Tcheles. And today you'll see more and more people wearing Tcheles in their tzitzis as this is get, becoming more and more widespread. When Rav Soloveitchik was asked about the custom of wearing Tcheles, the Rav answered, as I remember it, that there are certain things that can be discovered by scientific method. There are certain things in halacha which are called Masora. Masora is tradition handed over from generation to generation. You cannot be Mechadesh Masora without a direct Masora. Even if scientifically it might be true, but it would not be halachically valid unless there's a direct Masora. So the Rav felt, the way I understood it, that even if indeed this would be the real Tcheles, it's not the mitzvah of Tcheles. The mitzvah of Tcheles must be transmitted through Masorah. So to the best of my knowledge, the Rav did not wear Tcheles and did not consider wearing Tcheles. Rav Shlomo Zalman in Israel did not wear Tcheles. Rav Lichenstein, Sheibadeh Lechaim Tovim, does not wear Tcheles. Once I, Rav Shechter came to visit the yeshiva and I saw that he wore a talis with tcheles. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Rav Shechter is the one who wrote that the Rav felt Masorah cannot be reinstituted by scientific method, can only be done through Masorah. So if that's true, why would Rav Shechter, a Talmud of the Rav, one could say not just a Talmud, certainly at least say, one of the best ever Talmidim of the Rav. Why would he wear Tcheles when the Rav said there was no kingdom at all of wearing Tcheles unless we had a Masora? I asked Rav Shechter this question, and he answered to me at that time, perhaps at other times he would answer other answers. He said to me, there are other Rabbanim in the world. I understood from that that Rav Shechter doesn't follow every minig of the Rav. He felt it was important to transmit minagim of the Rav, to explain minagim of the Rav, and I assume many of them he did adapt. I know particular exa- examples of many, many minagim that he adapted, and not only that, but he asked them, 
he made sure they were done in Yeshiva University. But this particular minig, apparently Rav Shechter did not follow. Another minig that I heard from the Rav was the distinction of single men and married men from wearing a talis. On one hand, the source in the Gemara is that a certain person showed up without wearing what we would call a suder, what we would call atifa sarosh. So, the person visited someone who remarked, he's obviously a bachelor. You see from this Gemara somehow that there was a difference between bachelors and married men as far as talis goes. So, this led to a custom, apparently, that in certain communities, a single person did not wear a talis at all. The custom in Germany was that everyone wore a talis, but the custom of Atifa Sarosh wasn't so prevalent in Germany at all. Many of the people wore a hat for davening, and they never put their talis on their head. But there were communities, there were customs, that people put their talis over their head. Single fellows also wore a talis, but they wore a talis, but did not put a talis over their head, which seems to be the idea of the Gemara, that he did not do Atifa Sarosh. What is the reason for this custom, that a single fellow does not do Atifa Sarosh? The in the books called uh, Tame Amin Hagim, various types of books that try to explain uh, Minhagim, popular Minhagim, one of the explanations is given that the Pasuk says in Dvarim, Gedilim and the next Pasuk is Kiikach Ish Isha. Now, the juxtaposition of these two psukim, of wearing tzitzes and getting married, at first glance seems to be uh, just a coincidence. However, we know that in Mishnah Torah, in Sefer Dvarim, we explain the significance of psukim being together. Dorushim smuchim. We do darshan, we try to bring the halachic implications of psukim being next to each other. So since the Pasuk of Tzitzis is next to the Pasuk of getting married, one could argue that you don't wear a talis unless you're married. This addition that I'm going to say is not just conjecture on my part, but it's not something that I would call a, a valid halachic argument, but it's sort of what I would call cute. If this is true, that the Pasuk in Sefer Dvarim excluded a, a, a single fellow from wearing a talis, then why should he wear a talis cotton at all? If a, if a, an, if a, uh, a bachelor does not wear a talis gadol, then why should he wear a talis cotton? According to the explanation that I mentioned before in the name of Rav Salavechik, one could posit as follows. Let's remember, there are two parshas in the Torah. There's a parsha of Ksus in Kiseitze, and there's a parsha in Tzitzis, uh, in Shlach of Tzitzis. 
the exemption of a chassan, of a, I'm sorry, the exemption of a, of a bachar, the exemption of a bachelor from tzitzis is only in parshas shla, in parshas kiseitze, where it's referring to a talis gadol. But in parshas shlach, which is referring to a, 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 a uh, talis cotton, there's no such exemption. Therefore, the minig had developed in certain communities that a that a uh, single fellow wears a talis cotton but doesn't wear a talis gadol at all. And as I mentioned, even in the communities where a person did wear a talis gadol, the concept, the the custom was he did wear a talis gadol, but he did not put his talis over his head, even in the places where generally the married people would put their talis over their head. Rav Salavechik did not particularly endorse this custom. He really felt that there's no such source for exempting a single fellow from wearing a talis gadol. And he really said that a uh, everyone should wear a talis gadol. This was the custom of his son, Chaim Salavechik, Professor Chaim Salavechik, who wore talis from early from childhood, as the opinion of Rav Salavechik that everybody should wear a talis. The Rav was asked by his Talmidim how they should relate to the Rav's opinion in this matter. In general, when the Rav used to say many ideas of his in Shear, it, or outside of Shear, it always presented a problem for some of the students. Should we follow the custom of the Rav in this area? Very often, our family custom was opposed to it. I remember, personally, in one case, the Rav made a big fuss about explaining to us that uh, we, we should, in the Chutzarts, you, you must sit in the sukkah on Shemini Atzeres. So, when I was a young fellow, my father had a custom that he brought from his home in Europe, that in Shemini Atzeres, you did not eat all the meals in the sukkah. It was a little combination of what he did partly in the sukkah, partly outside the sukkah, but it seems to be against uh, the opinion of the Rav, which is based on, really uh, based on the Gemara and Rishonim and almost everyone. It's only a Hasidish custom that developed to sit outside the sukkah on Shemini Atzeres. So the Rav said, in that particular case, a person must change the family minic. He said, it's wrong. A person must sit in the sukkah all the meals on Shemini Atzeres. In fact, the Vilna Gon used to make sure that he would sleep in the sukkah, even if it were extremely cold, that people should not suspect that he left the sukkah on Shemini Atzeres. So, there were some customs that the Rav felt you really should change family custom. In this particular case, Rav Shechter wrote that the Rav said, if your family custom is not to wear a talis, a chasm, you can keep with the family custom, even though the Rav really felt that you should wear a talis. I remember a little differently that, I, again, I defer to Rav Shechter, but I thought that the Rav had said that if your family, your parents, your immediate family doesn't uh, care, they don't feel very strongly about it, it would be a good idea to wear a talis even before your wedding, from the time of Bar Mitzvah at least on. But he felt if there was a kapeda, if your family resented this custom, then I really remember that he said that you do not have to wear a talis before your wedding.